Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. And here we go once again. It's the Growing in Grace podcast with Joel and Mike. And I'm Joel. That guy over there is Mike. And I hope that you uh, have that down because uh, sometimes they call me the breeze. Sometimes they call him the cap. Uh, And that's hopefully not confusing for anybody. But since right now we don't have our pictures up on the website, people don't know who's talking and and who's being silent. So, you know, people have to deal with that. You rang. They were going back. There's a lot of Christians out there who feel like they're in a lurch. In a lurch. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to save people from. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> like it's like when they go to prayer, you're just crossing their fingers, literally, as they put their hands together. That God <laughs> yeah, will listen. That please? God will be there. That he will hear them. We're begging and, you. And it's almost like they picture God at the door as, as you're... You're ringing the doorbell, and then God shows up in the form of Lurch and says, you rang. <laughs> Behold, I stand at the door I mean, and yeah, wait most peop- for people most to Most people ring. would turn around and run the other way, yeah, really. right? But that's the view some people have of God. It is. And the good news about life in Christ is that God is for you. He's not against you. Everything that we have in Christ was promised by God, and he delivered in, in all of its fullness. You know, we don't have to be scared of him. You know, there's this huge difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant in which in the Old Covenant, it was up to the people's works. It was up to their performance. Everything was based on the people's performance, but the people failed. And so a new covenant was needed. And this new covenant is based upon the life of Jesus Christ. It's based upon the promise of God, the promise of God who does not lie, who does not break promises. And so your salvation is either dependent upon you and your works, or it's dependent upon God and his promise and the finished work of Jesus Christ. You could choose which one you want, but I'm telling you the good news is only found in one of those things. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, well, it's not found in both. That's for sure. And and look, man, we're, we're still continuing with our series on why Jesus taught two covenants. And we really just need to move forward here. So if you haven't caught any of the last seven programs, we just encourage you to go back, maybe get caught up with us on those. They're, they're pretty short. Uh, you can listen at your convenience and uh, get caught up with us here because so much foundation has been laid, even going back to the garden with Adam and Eve. And, and now we're in the Sermon on the Mount that is often reflected upon by religious people in Christianity as being some sort of a a new teaching uh, under a a new covenant that Jesus is coming to even raise the standard higher than it was for Israel, a standard that they could not live up to. And so we're kind of trying to put some new covenant glasses on here instead of looking through the old prescription And we'll see things a little bit clearer as we step back from the verses, step back from the trees and get a bigger picture of the forest, right? So moving along in in Matthew chapter 5, again, keeping in mind Jesus speaking to Israel, 
speaking to Jewish people, specifically disciples who were following him at that time. And he's trying to show them, he's teaching the law. That's kind of where we left off here, is that Jesus is teaching the law. He told them, you've heard it said, you've heard it is written. The ancients have said, you've been told this, you've been told that. They knew all this stuff from the law. That's what he's teaching. And he's trying to show them that this is not the way to life. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, we hear it that way, that Jesus is, is trying to reinforce the need to keep the law in order to find life, when what Jesus is doing here is showing them their inability to keep the law and that they would need to find another way to righteousness and perfection. And that way would be Jesus, the only way, the only truth, the only life. The law wasn't their answer. Even though the law was righteous, holy, and good, it could not provide any of that for those who would try to abide by it because nobody could ever live up to the standard. There had never been a doer of the law. So as Jesus moves along in this teaching, you know, he mentions the altar. If you're at the altar and and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there and go be reconciled. Um, again, an altar, it's an old covenant thing where, where sacrifices would occur. So we can see that the law is continuing here. Don't commit adultery. You've heard that before, Jesus said. But I say to you, even if you look at a woman with lustful intent, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. And so right away, people are starting to think, wow, the standard just seems to be getting higher. It really wasn't getting higher, but the standard, at least in the minds of those who were listening, it appeared to be uh, getting to be a, a higher standard. And, and Jesus just keeps going on one thing after the other here. Yeah, he does. And I, you know, you, you'd mentioned how, you know, in, in, in the church today, we'll kind of think of this as a, as a Christian teaching. And so uh, I've heard various different things, like people say that under the old covenant, it was, you shall not commit adultery. But in the new covenant, it's if Jesus upped the ante, and it's and it's even harder for those who are in the new covenant. But if, if you look at someone with lust, that's adultery. In that sense, they've tried to Christianize this thing and, and make it out to be something for Christians. And it makes it even harder. Like you were saying, is that good news? I mean, the, the gospel is supposed to be good news, and so if it's made harder <laughs> under grace, I, that doesn't seem like good news to me. And then Jesus says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it away from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Same thing with your right hand if it causes you to sin. And I've heard somebody try to uh, make this into something that fits into Christianity. And if your right eye causes you to sin, well, if you're in the if you're in the store and there's that lusty magazine over there, you refrain from buying that magazine. Well, there you've you've plucked out your eye. It's the same as plucking out your eye and casting it away from you. <laughs> and what we've done when when we try to make it into something that fits into life in Christ is we actually diminish what Jesus was really saying here. He was really being serious about these things, really bringing out the full authority of the law, how the law is is a very, has a very, very strict standard, even more strict than what people would, would imagine. He had to let people understand that sin is a really horrible thing, and the law is a really strict thing, and if you don't keep it, you might as you should really cut out your eye and, and cut off your hand, uh, because uh, that's better 
than being than your whole body being cast into hell. And so, um, you know, the point of this is that we try to make this into a Christian teaching, but Jesus is actually, like you were saying, Cap, he was teaching the law to people who were under the law, showing them the fullness of the law, showing them how how really strict and binding the law was. And uh, the law is a package deal. You have to keep it all or you fall short. If, if you even break one law, you've broken the whole thing. And so here Jesus is laying out these things, a long list of things. If you go through all of this stuff and, and you think that this is a Christian teaching, how are you doing on that? <laughs> I mean, yeah. how, how, how yeah. are you really doing? Yeah, that's for sure. So with this, this uh, uh, we, we haven't hit this yet. To over the last week, have we, with uh, cutting off your hands and no. plucking out your eyes? We haven't really gone through this, have I we? I don't think so. Okay. Well, let's just take a minute here. And you, you were just alluding to it, and, and uh, I liked everything you said. But, you know, re- religion, w- we've been accused, you and I have been accused of running from the words of Jesus. But I, I think you'll find that sometimes it's the uh, it's the legalistic types that, that tend to be a little more selective about the things Jesus said. We prefer to not diminish anything that Jesus said, but understand it in the proper context. So some will tell you that this was just uh, an illustrative metaphor, hyperbole, an exaggeration to make a a bigger Mm -hmm. spiritual point. And if that were true, then in context, we should apply that same thought process to the rest of the teaching and the sermon. Why just this? Why not the other things? Why not uh, looking at somebody is like the, the the equivalent of committing adultery. And I mean, everything else Jesus said in here, all of a sudden, this becomes a metaphor. Mm-hmm. So uh, was Jesus just kidding around? Was he serious when he uh, said calling someone a fool puts them in, in danger of hell? Um, and, and was he just using it for shock value? Uh, I, I don't think so. So we should never ignore anything Jesus said. We just need to recognize it in, in the proper context. Really what Jesus is doing here is he's, I look at it this way, Joel. Instead of seeing this passage with, uh, you know, cut off your hands, pluck out your eyes, um, instead of seeing this as purely metaphorical, just consider the possibility that Jesus was using a, a bit, a bit of sarcastic humor here to show the impossibility of trying to keep hmm. the law. In other words, if you're going to try to reach this new place of righteousness that I've already told you is required that will have to surpass the righteousness of the Pharisees. If you think you can do it by what you do through the works of the law, you're going to have to start cutting off body parts and plucking out your eyes to be able to get it done. So he's he's not encouraging the cutting off of body parts. He's trying to show them a different way because it was going to be impossible otherwise. Yeah, the futility of trying to keep the law is what is being shown here uh, because there were some people, the Pharisees uh, were one who actually thought that they were keeping the law. And uh, Jesus dealt with them. A lot of what he's doing in the Sermon on the Mount is actually in in direct opposition to some things that the Pharisees were teaching. And that's a that's a whole another story to get into. But but real quickly, they were adding and taking away from the law, but yet thinking that they that all the rules that they were coming up with were making it possible for them to keep the law. And they were teaching these things to people and actually taking away from the law. Jesus came along teaching the law as what it really meant. And this is this is what it is. If you're going to keep this by what you do, this is what you need to do. Uh, because you have to be, as Jesus said here, your righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. That's what Jesus said. Otherwise, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Your righteousness has to exceed that. 
And so he's really laying out a, a strenuous little uh, list of things to do if they want to be perfect and if they want their righteousness to exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. Cut off your hand. Uh, cut out your eye. Don't even look at somebody with lust. And, and so many other things here that he says that if you're to take a serious look at the words of Jesus, and, and I like what you said there because uh, we have been told that we're running from the words of Jesus, but those who who try to make this into metaphor or hyperbole or whatever, they are the ones, really, in my mind, they're the ones who are skimming over the words of Jesus, trying to make them mean something that they didn't actually mean, not realizing that it was, it, it, this is really, this is some harsh stuff for people. If you're going to try to make yourself righteous according to the law, this is what it really means. This is what you really have to do. And one of the things that Jesus said, you know, imagine people today thinking that this is a, a Christian teaching. Jesus said that you need to be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's one of the things, one of the many things that Jesus said. So if that's a Christian teaching, well, uh, how are you doing on that? <laughs> you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, we'll talk about that next week right here as we continue this series on why Jesus taught two covenants on growing in grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.